Welcome, everyone, to the Brandology Podcast. We want this to be something that we ourselves find value in and want to listen to. I'm your host, Mark Mosier. Alongside me is co-host David Morrow. Each episode, we explore leadership, culture, brands, and interview leading business professionals and civic leaders. We also play brand culture trivia against our guests to make the experience entertaining and fun. So come join us and enjoy. And please don't forget to download the episodes and leave us a review. Thanks. Let's begin. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. In the studio today with me is our illustrious, phantasmic <laughs> co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you? I love the uh, superlatives, the adjectives, and what other ifs those may be. It's my, fav- it's my favorite <laughs> app. It is my favorite app. It is the uh, um, uh, insincere compliments to pay to coworkers. <laughs> it's it's and, highly effective. Uh, I, I looked up your name. Star. There's a whole section. There's a whole widget just for you. I I'm very excited stars. about it. So we're very uh, honored today to uh, have with us Jason Alm. Jason, welcome, sir. Uh, it is truly an honor to have you today. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Looking forward to it. Well, cool. So um, we're going to play a little brand culture trivia in a little bit, but really we, we would like you know everyone to kind of get to know you, Jason. I mean, you you you're well known staple in the Indianapolis area, um, very well respected, very great uh, reputation as a family man uh, involved in nonprofits. So uh, that's what we're all about. So we're very excited about it. Yep. So um, tell tell us a little bit about kind of who you are, what your current role is, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So Jason Alm, I'm the Vice President of Sales for Axia Technology Partner here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're a complete technology provider. So that's what I do during the day. But uh, really, I'm a husband of going on 23 years. So all in a row, all to the same lady. All the same time. uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah, no breaks in that stuff in there. Uh, We have five kids. And so 19, 16, 14, 10, and 9. And there's some really cool stories that go along with them. Having a, having a bunch of kids like that. But uh, like you said, really enjoy being part of the Indianapolis community and uh, helping others in the community, whether that's be a nonprofit, for-profit, whatever it is, but building relationships for people that uh, allow everybody to rise is really kind of who I am. That's fantastic. So wanna... let me let me jump in right there. Five kids. I've 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 got five. <laughs> you knew where I I've was going. I've raised five. So I would love to hear your love to hear your story because I'm of the belief personally that one is great, right? All children are great. Like it's 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 an opportunity for people to develop um, another human being. It's one of the most important things in the world. Um, one is great. You know, we, we always found one one to be good. Once you have two, it's like having twenty, and then three, four, five. It's a it's an entity onto itself. It's, it becomes its own brand. <laughs> It, it does. And, you know, we, we, uh, so we were high school sweethearts. My wife and I met in high school and, uh, got, got engaged at 19, married at 21. And my wife didn't want to have any kids. And I was like, you know, I'm okay with that, right? We're really? reasonably young. And she's like, you know what? I, I think we'll just. Somebody's good at sales. Yeah. So uh, somebody's real good at sales. But anyway, we were able the, uh, to convince her to have five. That's right. That's well, I convinced, I, if you've met her, she's wonderful. And I convinced her to marry me. It was the best sales job I ever did. That's a good that's sales right. job. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. With, with, with a face like this, I've really got a face for podcast. And the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but re- so my brother, middle brother, has a kid. And we're over at his house. My wife holds little Bryce for the first time ever. She's sold. She's like, I'm in. Let's have a kid. 
And so we did, right? 24, have our first daughter, and uh, things are cool. Have a son, then a few years later, and then have another girl a couple years after that, right? So three kids, doing great, driving the minivan, living the dream. And uh, we actually had three C-sections, so at the end, my wife had things all taken care of. So we're out of the kid business, right? Mm -hmm. And I happen to be on a trip. I'm in California, and my wife calls, and sitting at the hotel, and she's like, hey, I, I got this idea. I got this thing I've been thinking about. I'm like, oh, maybe she's thinking about a couch or something, right? Maybe a new couch, <laughs> chair. And she goes, no, I've been thinking about adoption. Yeah. And I stopped, like dead in my, in my tracks. I'm like, are you a wackadoodle? These are the words I said to her, right? I'm like, we're getting older. We've got these three kids. They're taking care of themselves. We're out of the diaper business. And it right. took me a year. I mean, it literally took me a year for... Um, for me to say, yeah, let's go ahead and do this and, and, and adopt. So we did, adopted a little boy from Ethiopia. Great. So we're doing great. Four kids, things are awesome. A couple of years go by, I'm out in Philadelphia on a work trip. My wife calls, hey, I got this idea. I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't like another couch. This is like another kid. <laughs> and so we, we decided to adopt uh, a little girl from uh, Congo and uh, brought her home. Now there's a whole long 38 month process story and all that kind of stuff and 38 months for adoption 38 months she got stuck in congo there's there's a long story but some wow. of it is worked with the mafia had to uh, get uh, documentation put together while i was in country it took 21 days i broke somebody's arm while i was there um, and i actually became legal um, guardian of another little girl power of attorney and actually smuggled wow. her out with my daughter too for a family who couldn't go Man. So wow! It so was, was that the U.S. mafia that you had to engage, or was it the Congolese? Yeah. Congolese. Wow. Yeah, it was one of those things. You can't make the story up, right? We no, go over no, there. No, we have weird. no. We have no ability to do anything. We don't have any of the letters we need to get out. We don't have documentation. The lawyer that we were paying had done nothing. So we get there. We know nobody. We don't speak French. Oh, and uh, in 21 days, I figured it out how to get a passport, do all these different types of things. Um, I, I became power of attorney for a little girl who got denied exit with somebody else. We actually got her out of the country, too. And 21 days, we came home, and, and uh, that was been about four and a half years ago now. And uh, But we're, we're at five kids, and we're going to stick. So we're done there. Until, until you have a, uh, another business trip. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stay yeah, a little may, closer to home. You may want to keep work at home. Stay, yeah, that's, stay that's, in the that's office. Right. Hey, I've that's got right. an idea. That's right. That's now, crazy. how many? You said you had a brother. So, how many uh, in your family? Yeah. So, I was the youngest of three, and okay. so my two older brothers were eight and nine years older than I was. So, I was kind of the forgotten child. And uh, so I was the young one. Someone would say babied. I would say probably just uh, left to raise myself. I guess. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, that's right. I, I think. Uh, when I came through, I was so much further behind, and both my brothers are, are pretty good guys, uh, but they probably were a little bit crazier in high school than they are now. And so, me coming through, I probably had a label put on me. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> wa watch out for this one. And yeah, I think oh, I, yeah. I did a, I did a good job living up to it. And so, yeah, folks, folks that would remember me from from high school and uh, knowing who I married you know, from high school, they would have never thought we would be together this long. And, some of the stuff I've had the pleasure of doing and, and had the opportunity to do, folks would have never thought I would be able to, That's to accomplish some of those things. So, yeah. That's excellent. And, and have, the, have the two from uh, Ethiopia and Congo, have they adapted well? Yeah, re really, really well, actually. Sure. So a, a little bit different, right, dynamic, because our son, who's 10, came home at six months old, right? So he right. is 
just the the cutest little fellow in the world and mm-hmm. but grew up here speaking spoke english as his first language those types of things mm-hmm. uh, my daughter who's nine you know had about five or six years there in congo so right. she had a tough up, upbringing uh, she spoke lingala in french and mm-hmm. so lingala being the native language and so when she came home she goes right into um, um, kindergarten and doesn't speak any english right wow. and so i mean but she really did a very nice job now a little bit of attachment stuff as you can imagine as an older child coming in but you know she's really done a, a really good job and our family our, our kids are just they're, they're very good kids and uh, they really take after their mom in that way and so um they they're just loving i think and so i couldn't imagine it being any different than what it is now um the only real kind of thing it's a lot is you've, you've got a couple of kids that are now 19 so my oldest daughter's still in the house but kind of out we got a 16 year old going on 17 they're kind of taking care of themselves and then you've got these nine and ten year olds so you go on family vacation well a 19 year old doesn't want to do what a nine-year-old wants to do right, right. so you know it's a, li- it's a little different it's like it's the tale of two families that's why we call them the big three and the little two that's great that's interesting well that that's 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 fantastic you know you you, you had a post well one thing i wanted to ask you about you, you you posted something I follow I follow you on social media and on LinkedIn you had posted a a quote from a poet Jim Harrison mm-hmm. about death steals everything except our stories and our experiences. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that and why that was so impactful for you? Yeah, actually I'm kind of a big Tony Bourdain fan. You know, Tony mm. uh, Anthony Bourdain passed away yeah, a couple of years course. ago, but I loved watching his show. I, I to- Huge! I love to eat. Right? I love food from everywhere. Oh, you so fit like, right in with us. Really yeah, big. welcome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I love that kind of stuff, but I also love the stories that come along with it and right. the relationships that are built over meals. And so watching Tony Bourdain, he was in North Dakota, I think, and Jim Harrison was on, and he says that kind of in the opening of the show, and and it really kind of sparked something inside of me. And then I happen to have a podcast called Circle City Success Podcast, mm-hmm. and we interviewed Matt Javitt. And if you guys haven't interviewed him or don't know his story, you got to get to know him. Mm-hmm. Super cool guy, right? Travels for 27 months with his wife, just with one backpack uh, each. And they went for 27 months and had just a wonderful time around the world. And he had said that, you know, people had said to him, you know, you're a successful guy. Why are you guys living in a small apartment? Why don't you have some of these things? And he said, I'm investing in experiences, not in things. Right. And so between what he said and then, you know, kind of what I heard there on, on No Reservations, like as well with Anthony Bourdain, I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. And right. so I think that I've been doing that kind of natively my whole life. I think I've been investing in something that people can take with them, a memory, not necessarily just a, an object. But I don't know that I ever put two and two together. So there was something about that quote and then interviewing Matt Javin and having that kind of stuff come out like, wow, this is this something that you know, kind of meant something to me. And that's, if anybody that pays attention, I write a little something on Mondays or, or Tuesdays and I put them out on LinkedIn. And generally speaking, they're about happiness or joy or, you know, being accepting of others or kindness and those types of things. And there's nothing rocket science in anything that I ever write down. But usually there's a quote that meant something. And I'll put a little story to it just to show application, how people can actually show kindness or joy with others. And that was just one way that just kind of spoke to me uh, in getting that done. That's really good. Uh, that, that, that quote kind of reminded me one of my uh, wife's and my favorite uh, songs is a song from years ago. When we first met, it was by uh, an artist called Dido, and it was called Life for Rent. 
and she talks about that and uh, uh, it really resonated with me that's yeah. that's that's really fascinating um, so tell us about some of the nonprofits that you're involved in and where even more than that what I'm interested in is why like mm. what what inspired you what life events happened to make you this kind of people first altruistic person yeah it's a good question so i'm i'm a reasonably confident confident probably borderline arrogant personality and so i don't need a lot of folks to hey jason you did a great job here i'm Mm -hmm. self-starter doing all those types of things but there are times when i kind of feel like i'm better than others and uh, one of the things that i do is in my left hand pocket i always carry a 1972 silver dollar and in there it's kind of my token right of something that i have that says hey when i feel like i'm better than somebody else just remember i'm not right this is kind of my thing and we're all kind of the same we're all equal and those types of things and that came from a message from church about 13 years ago and i've kind of carried it ever since and so if you ever need a buck i've got one for you (laughs) and uh but the uh but so from there i kind of started to realize that hey you know i'm not in control of the amount of people that are going to help me but I am in control of the amount of people that I'm going to help. And I'm going to try and stack the cards in my favor. It's, it's a sales thing, right? It's a numbers game. The more people I help, the greater opportunity I have to kind of just grow and, and, and to actually kind of help myself through that. And so right. I just started to give. And it all kind of changed a little bit when I took the job here at Axia. So prior to Axia, I was one of the partners of a company called Appia Communications. And we were a nationwide phone company. And so I was traveling all the time, even though I lived here in Indiana, I was somewhere else working with partners. And so we sell in March of 18 to a company out in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I'm there for a year as the VP of everything. It was a really great job, loved all those folks, but I kind of wanted to be back in Indiana working. So I take the job at Axia, who was a customer of mine, my old company before, and I'd known the owners for a long time. So I get started, I'm in there, I'm kind of getting in the sales groove, figuring things out, working with the team. And I come home and I tell my wife, hey, I don't know anyone in Indiana. <laughs> she goes, how is that possible? Right? We've lived here our whole life, right? You've been all these types of things. I said, well, other than going to church with folks, I've never really had relationships with people. I've always been gone. So I call up a friend in uh, November of 19, Randy Dial, who I call Indianapolis' Kevin Bacon, another great guy you should talk to. <laughs> And I said, hey, what if we put this group together that starts to meet and build relationships and and uh, helps nonprofits, right? And, and you know, raises some money. So we started to do this type of thing. And I got an opportunity to meet uh, Denise Jensen from Gigi's Playhouse, local nonprofit here that works with uh, children with Down syndrome. Yep. And I, I heard her story, right? And she's like, she does all this stuff. She supports all these families. She does it on a budget that's this big. And there's like her and one other person they're paying like part time. And I remember telling Denise, you should wear a cape. I mean, this is amazing kind of stuff at what you're doing. And I mean, if you were a business, I can't imagine, right? I mean, if you were a for-profit business, being able to do this with so little, and it's just amazing. Right. I said, said, what if we we filmed a little video, right? Did a little video we put out on LinkedIn. We'll call it a spotlight video and tell people your story and ask them how they could help. And so flash forward, I think I've done them like 47 weeks in a row. So every Friday there'll be a video gets dropped on LinkedIn with a nonprofit business leader. And it has been probably the greatest joy in my career getting to meet those people, 
learn the story of what they're doing, how they're helping the community, and then just throw it out there to say, if somebody's interested, you know, jump in and help these folks. And so I've learned that I don't necessarily have any particular nonprofit that I'm just like, this is the greatest thing ever and my passion is 100% for this. But the people who do that every day, that is their passion and I love supporting them. Right. And, and so it's been fun over the last year getting a chance to do that. It's allowed me to get involved with a couple other local nonprofits, Damar Services, happen mm-hmm. to sit on their board, wonderful organization here in town working with autism uh, uh, folks. And then also, I'm a Girl Scout. Father of five, three yeah, girls. Yeah, you've you've got you've got yeah. your badge to prove it too, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And so, uh, never had a, a scout in my family, and I actually just recorded a podcast with their CEO this morning, Danielle Shockey. So, she is a terrific story, wonderful leader, and I mean, just an amazing person. But just what Girl Scouts does for girls, you know, in our community and, ac- and across the United States, you know, creating leaders. Uh, for what they do and how they do that through their programs. I'm honored to be on their board. And so it, it's really been um, a transformation. But I think I think the change was when I said, I, I don't think I don't think it's all about me anymore, right? I think it's really more about others and I can help others. And if you and what I found is you can give and give and give. You can't out give people. I've tried and uh, I and I've also kind of surrounded myself. There's the adage where you're the sum of the five closest relationships that you have. There's mm-hmm. that kind of stuff out there. And one of the things that I've challenged myself with, with is to find people who challenge me in areas where I know I'm deficient, right? Giving or those types of things. I may feel, oh man, I'm awesome. I'm doing great. I've got a wonderful friend who I'll sit down with and I'll always hear some story of what he's doing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I stink, right? I could do so <laughs> much more because of what I've learned from people like him. And uh, so it, it's just been a change. And, and for me, just personally, it, it's probably been the funnest thing I've done in my entire career in sales or anything that's been out there. That's pretty impressive. So with, and I encourage people to, to find you on LinkedIn because you do put out some really good positive messages and some inspirational um, messages. And with that, where do, where do you find inspiration? Is there somebody or some organization, something that gives you inspiration? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, it, it'll come from different areas, right? So the little like writings that I'll do on Monday, a lot of times that might come from just something that I've seen, right? An act of kindness that was out there and something that might have gone unnoticed. There's an opportunity to take that, kind of frame it up with a little bit of a story and deliver it to other people. And so I'll see an act of kindness or uh, it'll be uh, one of my friends challenged me. It was his birthday. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, let's let's do something for your birthday, whatever the case is. He says, you know what I really want for my birthday is I want you to go do an act of kindness and then tell me about it. Like, okay, great. This is kind of a cool thing, right? So I put I some like information that. out there that they read what what I wrote about, but I actually went and did it. So I go to Walmart. It's kind of early on in the pandemic stuff. And I tell my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to go to Walmart. We had to get like one thing. I'm all mask up, all that kind of jazz. I said, but I'm going to buy whatever's in front of me in line. Whatever is in front of me in line, I'm going to buy the whole thing. And she said, okay, cool. Right. Well, it's like the beginning of the pandemic, right? I go back there in line and this thing is like, it's a truckload, right? People are getting <laughs> toilet paper. I mean, they're, they're stealing stuff off the steps and I'm like stocking up for the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The zombie apocalypse coming out with all this COVID stuff and all these people are throwing all this stuff in there. And so I said, well, I said I was going to do it. So I walked up to the cashier and I said, Hey, I said, everybody in front of me, I'm paying for their stuff. 
And she looked at me like, why? I said, I'm doing it for my friend's birthday. She was even more confused. <laughs> why would you do this for your friend's birthday, right? And so so I ended up buying this thing, right? And this, this list of stuff was just super long. I put on my American Express so I can get some points. And and uh, so I come home and, and I show it and I looked at it. And I got to tell you, it was the greatest gift I ever gave. It was the best thing I ever gave to somebody. And he didn't even get it, right? So I told him the story. He's like, that's so cool. It was awesome. But for him, it was it was blessing all of those folks who had no idea what this gentleman's name was, has no idea why this weird guy was buying their stuff. They just happened to know they walked out with a whole bunch of stuff and they were blessed that day. Yep. And so that kind of stuff, when you surround your folks with, when you surround yourself with those kind of people, it's really difficult for someone like me who does probably have a little bit of a challenge in his own mind. Um, it, it, it's kind of hard to get off the rails when you make sure you're being surrounded by those types of folks. Yeah. Yep. yep, that makes total sense. Let me ask you, with uh, speaking of the pandemic, how does that change how organizations like the Girl Scouts do stuff? I mean, is it virtually? Is it social distancing? What's that look like? Yeah, it completely changed, right? So a lot of that stuff, as you can imagine, especially with Girl Scouts, is it's, it's a personal thing, right? Getting together with your troop, yeah. having your troop leaders there. So they shifted. I, I think the word of 2020 for the Girl Scouts was pivoted. And I think Danielle and the whole team over there uh, for the Girl Scouts did a really great job pivoting things to be able to go online and giving people opportunities to still get together. So the community is there, right? The, the folks are there and you've had relationships in the past. You just had to kind of shift it to go online. And slowly but surely, things are beginning to come back, right? People are able to meet in small groups in yeah. homes. People are able to kind of get to some of the facilities out there and do some smaller things that are social distanced. So I think they really did a very, very nice job, you know, during this time. And they also did a nice job. A lot of folks don't realize, but cookie sales really does an awful lot to drive uh, Girl Scouts forward. So all of the councils around there really depend on those right. cookie sales. And uh, and the girls getting out there and have an opportunity to learn how to sell and to work with customers and to do those types of things. Right. And so they did a good job during that time. They'd closed out kind of cookie sales, met their numbers. They've got a really great plan for this year, which is coming up on cookie season. If you don't have your orders in, I would. And because uh, you got to stock up. I'm a firm believer that all cookies from the Girl Scouts shouldn't have the items like per cookie anymore for a serving size. It ought to say per, have box. It by box. per box. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> right. per box, right? I mean, let's be honest. I open that sucker. I'm eating the whole thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a high probability that it's not getting put back on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's really funny. So hey, let's uh, let's take a break and let's do a little uh, brand culture trivia. Is that okay, Jason? Okay. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want. And the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. That what is, is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. 
but we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. Excellent. So I'm going to share my screen and uh, play the intro for you so you understand the stakes and the <laughs> pressure that this uh, uh, triumphant uh, you know, competition has with it. All right. Okay. So uh, let me do that. I'm going to play right here. Don't look at those answers. Don't you look at those <laughs> answers. Don't you do that. Sorry, I just realized I had that, those up. I will, I will use different... Uh, I'm different not a cheater. No, no I yeah, I don't. Cheat. I don't take him to be a person other than a man of his word. So that I was, I was talking to you, Mark. No. <laughs> so I trust Jason. Now there, you, you may I have know. a good point. <laughs> you, I know. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. So I've got uh, Tony and Tina over there, my little green men and women. They create all of our, uh, our 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 trivia questions and answers. So here we go. I'm going to do question one. So, for example, I'm going to say a company slogan, and then you guys just tell me the brand or product name. Like, okay. just do it would be Nike. Adidas. You know, uh, Bre- Breakfast of Champions would be Wheaties, things mm-hmm. like that. So I'm not going to do uh, the best a man can get, because that would be Gillette, and that was on the thing that Mark just saw. So we'll do something. <laughs> so, okay. The company slogan is this. What's in your wallet? Capital One. Visa. Very good. Wow. Capital One. That was so fast. Mark, he didn't even hesitate. (laughs) I I threw out like a couple and it wasn't. I thought he's traveled internationally. He's nonprofits. I didn't think he would necessarily be focused on Capital One. So that was good. All right. It is one to nothing. Mark, let's go game up. Tough. Okay. Tough. All we'll right. Break them down. This on is this. Uh, this is a a a great brand, newer brand. Last ten years or so, the CEO put out a great YouTube video to promote this about five ten years ago. It's one of my favorites. Shave time, shave money. Dollar Shave Club. Wow, dude! I was going to say Gillette. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it is two to nothing. So Mark. <laughs> okay. So we've got like an international traveler, yeah. like a man just supporting and giving back to the community. Yeah, I'm gonna have to raise the Tony. Can you give me something harder? Do you have like yeah, like the? Do you have like a teen uh, version? Yeah. I watch a lot of Cartoon Network. That would probably yeah, be we don't we don't have Cartoon uh, Network, but it uh, makes me want to monitor your 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 <laughs> browsing history at work. So. <laughs> Get a lot of Disney Channel in. Um, yeah. All right. Here's a good one. All for freedom, freedom for all. Chevy. <laughs> Ford. Oh, Close. Good. Good. It's part of the transportation industry. Southwest Airlines. No, but that's not a bad guess. United Airlines? You. Oh, uh, U.S. Air, maybe. Something nope. like that. Good guess. Good guess. All for freedom, freedom for all. Del, uh, you, um, Air Emirates. South, Southwest? Nope. Mark guessed that earlier. Nope. nope. Delta? Nope. Boy, I'll give you a hint. Forward. I'm going to give you a hint. First, I'm going to do a little math. Mark, okay. if you had 100,000 100, points, 
a hundred thousand times as many points as you have right now, Jason would still be winning. <laughs> uh, the old zero is that? Yeah. Yes, I got it. I got it. All for freedom, freedom for all. This brand is very well known. It's part of American culture. Honda, Nissan, American culture. Ford. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, People Chevy. actually get the logo of this Dodge. brand tattooed on their bodies. Uh, Dodge. Dodge. You have a Dodge tattoo? Yeah, my neighbor did though. That was before gonna, he got locked up. Did, yeah. yeah, I was going to say the logo did. of yeah. their brand tattooed on their body. Yes, Marlboro. Uh, Marlboro and Dodge on on your body. I live in Kentucky. What do you? You do live in Kentucky. Sorry, that probably would get it there. So some people, American flag. I mean, something to do with freedom. Very I don't close. Know the... All right, I'm going to give it. I'm I'm I'm, okay. I'm going to call it Harley Davidson. Oh come on. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's all I should have, for freedom, yeah. freedom for all. Harley Davidson. I'm I I what does that, that say one. about their branding that neither one of us got that? Yeah, well, I, 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 know. I didn't <laughs> heard of that one. Yeah. So um, okay, we're going to go with another one. Jason's good, so I'm making these a little bit tougher. Quality never goes out of style. Wow. This is a really hard one. Does that have something to do with clothing? Brooks yes. Brothers. Very Brooks Brothers. Good. It, 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 it's clothing, right? So yes. Brooks Brothers. All good guesses. Quality yeah. never goes out of style. He'll figure. Uh, uh, no. Men's Warehouse. Calvin Klein. Oh, very close. Very good. Uh, Ralph Lauren, Solo, J.C. Penney, Macy's. All right, the answer is Levi's. Levi's, Quality really never goes out of style. Yeah, that was new. All right, huh. all right. I'll give you guys a fast one, so I think you both will know this. So let's see if you can do it fast. The snack that smiles back. Cheetos. Oh no, Gold Doritos. Goldfish. Jason with the win. Goldfish. Jason for the win. All right. Well done. Jason, Excellent. my friend, you are the proud owner of <laughs> 14,864 brand allergy bucks. I One yeah. of the proudest things I've ever I'm been telling you. I want to see this. I want this on your LinkedIn. I want that I on your LinkedIn. That, I will put that on my LinkedIn. On, on yes. your wall. I, I won't tattoo it on my arm. I won't tattoo it on my arm, but I definitely will put it on LinkedIn. This is exciting. <laughs> I mean, when our when our e-commerce site is up there, think of all the Girl Scout cookies we can buy, all of the you know the the travel vouchers. There's convertible Jaguars. There's a ton of things that oh are yeah, down there. yeah, it's really awesome. exciting. Super right now, they're absolutely worthless, but let's keep going. I'll hold on to them. Okay, <laughs> excellent, excellent. So let me ask you about this. Let's circle back, you know, um, in not just in your current organization, but in general, in, in, in your experience. What company culture do you value and why? Oh, it's a really great question. So when I think of culture, you know, one of the things a lot of folks, you know, miss, I think, is accountability. Right. And so ho- holding holding each other accountable and, and making that the standard. So I worked for an organization after we sold Appia, and I think that that culture that was there was one of, from the CEO through everybody in the organization, everybody was responsible for what it was they were supposed to do. So I, and they kind of thought of it in this in this way that I thought was pretty cool. Everybody says, you know, I've got my own swim lane, 
Yep. And that, that's right, I sure do. But next to me is a swim lane and the other side of me is a swim lane too, right? So there's somebody kind of next to me here and somebody next to me here. In order for me to really do my job, I have to be able to help these folks and I have to be able to help these folks. And so in order to do that, they have to be accountable, right? If I'm, res- I'm supposed to do this, it's supposed to be in 24 hours or four hours, whatever the case is. And so I think accountability is something that's overlooked in culture. We think it's, it's, it's fun and games and all those types of things. And I think that comes along with it. And those types of things happen when you've built uh, relationships with people and you're accountable, accountable for your roles. And so there, there's been some really, I've heard some really great stories. And I think this is something people are talking about in general today is, is people are talking about culture and building a culture of, you know, family. And, and, but I think a lot of that starts again with accountability and respect. And then you can build on it from there. That's very good. So, who? What are some? Who are some of your your favorite authors about culture? Like, who do you draw inspiration from when when it comes to like how did you develop the focus on accountability? Yeah, I think Patrick Lencioni is a yeah. pretty good one out there. So five dysfunctions, five dysfunctions of the team. Yeah, they're they're pretty easy reads, right? So if you look at yeah. Lencioni in a lot of things that he says, a lot of it's pretty logical, but the way he writes is done in a way that tells a story of a fictitious organization. He's got a whole bunch of books, but yeah. a lot of them are written in that way of you can see these things. You can things. see your organization. Whenever I read his work, you can Absolutely. see your, your current organization, prior organizations. You, you, you see each one. You do, and you can see where people in a prior organization where maybe you went a little off course because you didn't have this thing here. Mm-hmm. And then you can see in a new organization how you can change things to get to where you want to go. So I, I really, I, I truly like Lencioni. I've studied a lot of that. And, you know, the principles are easy to understand. Yeah. They're easily teachable. And a lot of times it's really just about setting the proper expectation, delivering that out to everybody on the team so everybody understands what's expected. Because I've kind of found you get what you expect, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're expecting this or expecting that, that's what you're going to get. So you have to put that in place. So people understand. And I think if you don't do those, this is the thing with Lencioni, if you don't apply a lot of those principles, I don't know that you're giving people the best opportunity to be successful because they don't actually understand how to measure the success. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think that's a pretty good one. There's a few others too. I got a whole bunch of books back here that, you know, talks about those things, but the, I think those would be there. And then, you know, to be honest, a lot of the books, that are out there around sports teams and coaches and the relationships between those a couple of individuals. I think those are actually really good too. If you can get your hands on any of those types of things, right? So there's great opportunities to learn how those folks kind of run the business of the team and what the expectations are and all the way through the team, everybody truly gets it. And I know not everybody's gonna run a football team or that kind of stuff, but the way that they run that house is really pretty concise and consistent, and we can learn a lot of that in the business world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do you address um, some of the generational gap or some of the, the the difference in terms of viewing of culture between the generations? Uh, embrace it. The uh, I think a lot of folks will look at that and say, you know, in my day or this or that, whatever mm-hmm. the case is, well, it's not our day anymore. Right. And so the generation, I'm 43 years old, right? There are folks that are still in the game older than me, and there's a lot of folks younger than me. And I, I think the opportunity, you have to evolve, right? 
in our careers and what we've done, we've evolved. A lot of us are in technology. And so you're having to evolve technology over time with customers and prospects and those types. And we have to do that same thing with ourselves. And so for me personally, some of the stuff I don't really get. Uh, like you said, I'm on LinkedIn and I do these things on LinkedIn, but I, I'm not exactly, I don't TikTok, right? Uh, I, I'm not, I'm doing a lot of stuff on Instagram. I don't do much on Facebook. I don't have an account on either of those. And so I don't necessarily understand that personally, but I understand it resonates with people who are younger than I am, for example, and that's the way that they communicate. And so I've got to understand how that works, why it resonates with them so that I can deliver a message that's going to meet them where they are. Because trying to get people to change to what it is I want them to do right. is a very difficult task. Yep. But getting people to understand where we're going and just giving them the information and how they understand it, however they get it, I don't really care. Right? I just want to make sure we're communicating with those folks. And the way that I've found about doing it is people, a big buzzword everybody talks about is mentorship. And I think people talk about mentorship and in our mind, we think, okay, older person, younger person pouring into it. And I, I think actually mentorship has nothing to do with age. I think mentorship has everything to do with having value and then translating value back and forth. And so there's a lot of folks. I sit on a board of a local software company that's just started up this year. And I think their CEO, John, is probably like 30 years old. And I would consider John a mentor. Because the things that he's talking about on his side of the house is, is different than what, what I would know natively and what I understand natively from building channels and doing this different types of things is different than him. And so we actually can pour into each other regardless of age. And that's a great way to embrace that next generation uh, and understand how it is they're going to communicate because like it or not, those folks are starting businesses. Those folks are out in the community, you know, being the next in line to run some business. And if we want to continue to stay relevant, we've got to stay top of mind with those folks. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a good point. What? So when it comes to like the next generation, the the next leaders, the next entrepreneurs, the next startups, what maybe general advice would you give them on on the to dos or the not to dos or what to be careful of? What 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 would you tell them? Well, that's a great question. I, I think I mean at the end of the day, you have to you have to formulate your own opinion and execute. And it's okay to take in these outside uh, outside information to be able to build that, but you can't necessarily let it change your, your mind, if you will, right? So if you know you need to go this way, you might receive some coaching from some others and, and bring that in and maybe shape your plan a little bit, but you have to make sure that you've done the research and you put those things together. Um, I, I truly enjoy kind of looking at the room and bringing people together from different cultures, different backgrounds, different ages, different businesses to get a chance to understand their viewpoint on something because ultimately their viewpoint is going to be different than mine. And if I'm trying to get a broader reach into whatever I'm trying to do, I've got to talk to as many people as possible. And in order to do that, I have to understand the mentality of what it is that resonates with them. And I can do that by having relationships. So young, old, doesn't matter, same same type of business, uh, not different businesses, all that different type of stuff. Their viewpoints, I think, are valuable because it can coach our delivery mechanism. Message could stay the same, but how we deliver it could be different. So there's some great opportunities to leverage those relationships. And so the first part about it, though, is, like I said, the word relationship, it's a two-way street, right? right? So 
a lot of folks, you know, have uh, people that they know or acquaintances or those types of things. And mm-hmm. but to have a true relationship takes time, right? It takes time. Right. It takes energy. It takes effort. It well, takes it, effort it, on it both takes sides. It, it, events that that bond people together. You know, like there's all there's, you know, sharing of you know, uh, overcoming challenges together and things like that. It builds on a relationship. It does. That goes back to being on a team, right? So when you're on a team, you overcome something, you're bonded together. Yeah. And it's the same thing in the business world and also the personal world too. When you go through yeah. things that are maybe difficult with a, with a family or friends and you've gone through that together, there's a bond there that, that's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as you look forward to the next year, you know, and you look back on the next year and if, if, if a year from now you look back and you, you, you say to yourself, you know, this was a remarkable year, what two or three things would have to happen to make you feel that way? I, th- I think the organization in which I'm with, Axia TP, will have grown and, and, and meet uh, expectations, right? We have expectations on us to grow an organization, and I want to be part of that uh, to make sure that we're there, and, and I'm obviously responsible for doing that as the VP of sales. But I think personally, it would be how many folks did I have an opportunity to meet, learn their story, and care? And I think it's that last part, that care, where you actually start to take action. And those actions could be manifesting themselves in relationships for each other or helping a nonprofit or connecting somebody with somebody else. So if I look back on 2021 and I can say that I've met with X number of people and I've learned their stories and we've all risen and helped our community rise, Right. And I, that that's a win to me. That's a win. Yep. So what what is your with all the things that you do altruistically? You've got a podcast. You've got a, a high pressure job. What type of things do you do to let loose or as a hobby? Things like that. Good question. Uh, I'd love to go to dinner with my wife. So I have an opportunity to go to dinner with her and, and just spend time talking about something else. Uh, I really, truly enjoy being involved in uh, any type of a, of a serving opportunity. We serve in different places around town on the weekends, and that's just phenomenal. And I love to do that with my family. So we try to pick places where we can all go and have an opportunity to serve regardless of age. And so I, I truly like doing those types of things. And uh, what's an example? What, what's yeah. an example? Like how, how can how can somebody serve with with kids? Great question. So Circle City Relief, which is at 34th and Meridian, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Gay, former football player, owns uh, right. runs a nonprofit down there. And every Sunday they do a serving line where they have pizzas and salad and different things that you can give. And so we go the first Sunday of every month, our entire family, and we work on the line. Uh, handing out food and taking care of people. And uh, it's phenomenal, right? So my nine-year-old gets a chance to help. She loves it. They get a chance to see kids. We built relationships with people there. But there's not as many of those opportunities when you've got kids that are younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that would be one that I would wholeheartedly say, get after and go talk to those folks. They're serving that local community and meeting their needs. I mean, we were there. We got a chance to give out some coats the other day and a lady had come a little bit later and we were getting ready to close things up and she needed a winter coat and i got a chance to to go in and grab a coat now here's the kind of cool part i go in and i grab this coat she's like oh i really like that navy peak coat and i look at it and on the inside it says alm it was my wife's coat she had donated and i got a chance (laughs) to give that coat 
to to a woman that needed a coat for the winter That's and i'm like great i'm like how awesome is that that she liked your coat and i got a chance to put it on her when she was cold and so those are things those will just last forever and so my yeah. kids love doing oh, yeah. that and doing that kind of stuff yeah yeah well and that's one of those experiences you you keep right yep they, absolutely they, they almost make you eternal which is great that's excellent so let me ask you um before we part ways and mark you know ask some deep question i'm sure he has <laughs> um you know What's your what's your BHAG? What's your big hairy audacious goal? Like, you know, if time and money are no obstacle or they're overcome, what what do you want to accomplish? You know, for me, I, I just want to pour into every person that I have an opportunity to meet. And so there, there's the saying that you don't you don't know if you could be somebody's divine appointment for that day. And so for me, a, a BHAG would be just to to always give a smile. To, all, to always care, to always pay attention to folks, and when there's someone in need, to be able to help. Well, especially so, in light of COVID, right, with mental health yep. being such a challenge for so many people and so many people struggling, you yeah. never know when you're going to save somebody. You don't, right? And, and, right? and you may never see it. You, you may never right. see the results. Of course. But, but at the end of the day, if you were the catalyst and all that you had to do was smile, I mean, some of this stuff is so simple, but if I had a yeah. BHAG, really, it would be to... To be able to take some of the nonprofits here in Indianapolis in our community and just help them amplify what they do. Because I talked to a nonprofit just this morning, actually. It's like, you know, the government couldn't take care of all this stuff. They couldn't pay for all these things that nonprofits do. Right. Um, so if they weren't there, it would really hurt our community. And the truth is, there are so many other people that are hurting in different ways that if we could just help them help others, to me, that's, that's just phenomenal. I love the stories of folks getting involved in the next thing you know helping somebody in whatever that happens to be whether it's food with gleaners or or happens to be really anything that needs to be net worth mental health drug issues those types of things it doesn't matter we all have issues and uh and from time to time we're maybe just one choice away matt gay says we're maybe one choice away from being on the other side of the table and needing what circle city success gives and i think that's a great statement so we should live that way every day That's fantastic. That's, yeah, that's really good. So as we wrap up, and thank you so much for being a part yeah, of this. Yeah, Jason, it's um, been a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, it really has. Just the, the positivity that you put out. Again, I encourage all the listeners to uh, to seek you out on LinkedIn. Um, it's just good, positive stuff, you know, in, in sometimes a, a dark time that we're in. Um, but I really appreciate it. And I always like to kind of wrap up. And yeah, I've really asked that, that really deep kind of, you know, powerful question of when... You were a little boy. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, baseball player, without a doubt. Yep, oh, really? he nailed that right away too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. For folks won't be able to see it, but right behind me here, there's a uh, there's a bat signed by Pete Rose that I keep, and so it. Uh, I I love baseball, love sports, um, but yeah, I wanted I wanted to play baseball, and uh, but the world turned me into a salesperson. Yeah. And uh, looking looking back on it, I don't think I'd ever change anything. It's been a, a wonderful wife, a wonderful life with a wonderful wife and family. And uh, but yeah, baseball was kind of my thing when I was a kid. That's so cool. That's great. Well, uh, Jason Holm, thank you so much, man. Uh, yeah. It's absolutely been a pleasure. And I'm sure we'll see you around town. We're all in the same field, and uh, I'm sure we will bump into you. And uh, yep. 
it, you know what the 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 serving place uh, that you go to on 34th and Meridian. What's the name of it? The former ball player. Sir, uh, so Matt Gay is the right. gentleman that runs it with his wife, and it's called yep. Circle City Relief. Circle City Relief. That's mm-hmm. a great cause too. Yep. So anybody can do it, even if you've got kids. You know, yep. like overcome that obstacle of well, we can't go do the food kitchen because you know the 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 you know serve at the lunch kitchen, the soup kitchen, because we've got the little ones or we've got, you know, yep. three here. You absolutely still can. So. You absolutely can, 100%. Yeah, that's fantastic, Jason. Yeah, that's good. Awesome, man. Thanks. Well, guys, thank you. We, we will talk soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Guys. Alrighty. See ya. Shout out to Mark and David for season two of Brandology. It's entertaining, funny, and full of cool stories. Play hilarious brand trivia and talk with famous guests like founders of iconic brands and industry leaders. Brandology is available everywhere now, so go check it out and see for yourself. Coming soon. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really grateful you guys listen and download. We're trying to make this season even better with brand stories and cool interviews with uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and things from behind the scenes that we just can't find anywhere else. We're trying to make this something we ourselves enjoy listening to. Do us a favor, please leave us a review. When you go into Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, just shoot us a review. That really matters and it helps us keep this going. Again, thanks for listening. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. <laughs>